missing it, sister, make your fridges, grab 10 other fridges and turn up and watch these games. Welcome to Giants Women Say, the podcast where we discuss all things AFLW Giants. I'm Fiona Lamb. I'm Nat Morgan. I'm Emma Phillips. And I'm Coach Kiwi back in the house. Yeah, welcome. We're coming to you again from 2SER. In episode eight, we will review the Giants-Crows game or pick through the carcass, however you want to see that. Uh, We'll talk about the week that was with the other games and that includes a Masters game that was a curtain raiser to the doubleheader at uh, what was Eddie had now is Marvel. I like to call it Docklands. Uh, We're going to have Corrections Corner and we have a content-rich segment there. We will have Kiwi explaining, <laughs> I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> Meant to check that with you before. And we'll do our predictions for the final round. So let's get into it. Let's talk about that game, Giants versus Crows. Very. Who wants to start? Well, they enticed us in, didn't they? They did. Was, uh, they went and got us hoping. They did, and clapping and cheering, and they were playing some good footy and doing the right thing, and their score was staying close. And I had predicted it was going to be a huge blowout. I just thought it could be anything. So I was wrapped that they were holding tight up until really three-quarter time, wasn't it? The scores were close enough that you think that GWS could do something about it. But uh, no, not to be. Adelaide mm. did what they did to North Melbourne at three-quarter time. They just had a little chat and said, let's let's all try now. <laughs> and um, and they did, and they won by a margin again. Yeah. I was so much more emotional about this game than I expected to be. Like I was jumping off the couch, emotional, kind of willing them. Tom Cruise style. Willing them. Yeah. Oh, no. With the shades on, the whole lot. <laughs> I had more than underwear on, though. No, I was, th- <laughs> I was thinking movie. about Oprah when Oprah. he jumped up and down on Oprah's couch. I wasn't oh, I talking was, about, I was in risky you know, old-time records and all that. What's the difference between you and I now? <laughs> but if you want to jump up and down in your undies, I'm, I'm there for you. <laughs> what a great start to the Just show. Just not Where there with we? you. <laughs> <laughs> so... You were uh, excited. You were it invested. Was great, it, was a great, <laughs> it was a great half, wasn't it? Like it was really good the footy. First half. It was exciting yeah. and they played some fabulous footy, the Giants, alongside what will probably be the Premiers, realistically. But second half, scored a point. That's it. Scored a point. Mm. And they scored the only point in the third quarter, which again got us hoping. But yes, then it, the they quarter. kicked then four goals, one Adelaide in the last quarter yeah. to zippity do that. Yeah, Just I had like big riding. North, hey? One point after half time, not good mm. enough. Yeah, not I looked enough. at um, the starting lineup that he had on, and when I saw. Um, Alan, you mean? The, yeah, the yeah. Giants. Yeah, when I saw Cinder heading to the bench and Biso. Now, Biso's been our most consistent midfielder with possessions, tackles, all the stats. All year, and he was starting here on the bench. And I thought this is a really interesting way that he's kind of approached this game because that Crows lineup is probably their most um, solid lineup that they had. So I kind of thought we we're probably starting a little behind the eight ball. But um, I thought Ingrid did really well when she came on. She, um, especially when the girls um, got injured and they had to put her a little bit longer in the forward line, she made a bit of a difference, pulled off some tackles and things. Yeah. Um, um- I remember watching thinking, oh, Ingrid is doing well. But I looked at her stats and there's not a lot in there. So mm. she was doing some – she was a presence, I think, might yep. have been what the – Creating options was. for yeah, them, yeah. yeah and, being, no. and being a tall target. See, we don't actually play with a tall target. And 
other years or you know that I've seen of Cinder she provides that like she's very good at contested balls in the air just this year just hasn't really or maybe the style of football hasn't really um, fallen that way for her to show off those skills so it was a bit of a loss to see her go out so early in the game and um, and Nick Barr as well as torn a hamstring so um, that's her for the we season we like to yeah, call her Nick Nat Barr sorry Nick mm-hmm. yeah. Nick Nat Barr <laughs> it's a nickname we don't know if she actually knows it but it is the nickname we have for her. Yeah. Look, those two injuries didn't help, did they? Mm. Um, Alicia Eva worked very hard throughout. She did. She was top. She was she was great from the very beginning. She was intercepting and creating a lot of havoc down back, wasn't she? She was uh, she was in fine form. We've got to go to Cora. We mention her every week for our Irish listeners and for all of us. She's the most frustrating player in the competition. <laughs> I thought she'd broken her nose again. With one of the tackles, when she probably most would have caught it, caught with the ball, when she got her head sort of rammed into the ground, she got the free kick in the end. In the goal square, that and, one? Yeah, and slotted the goal. But she looked face like she'd gone face first down and she got up holding her nose and I thought, oh, oh there no, goes not that again. nose again. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, it was pretty dramatic last year when she broke her nose. Yeah, but, she, yeah, Both the Irish girls did very well and they created a lot of opportunities and worked really, really hard. Um, but we need to talk about field, Cora. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, she's just got that Irish style of um, running with the ball and, you know, perhaps we need to get someone running off her shoulder or um, getting more voices because there's a few times there were shepherds that weren't laid. Yep, I agree. And people, others caught with the ball, a hot potato or hot, you know, um, giving the ball under pressure and not really told to move on with it. So I don't know if they're just not communicating enough on the field either. But, yeah, plenty of work for the coaches to do, that's for sure. It looked like the Giants weren't doing a very good job of running in numbers. So Cora, someone like Cora might have got the ball and just didn't have support around her to, to give off. Now, I recognise that she also does hold on to it for a while and tries to sidestep. But I think the comment was made by the commentators that she has become predictable in where she steps and she's going to look for that left side every time. The Crows had done their homework and they just knew that was coming and they, they, they pinged her every single time. So, yeah, look, I think I think she's probably learnt a whole lot this year. I'm a Cora Staunton fan. A staunch, staunch, Staunton fan. fan. I am. Um, I love watching her play. I think it's hugely exciting. And now, you know, I had a good look at her stats over the past two seasons during the week or yesterday. Um, she has improved immensely in every aspect of her game. And I would look forward to seeing a third season from her. You know, it's just a moment, I think, in the last quarter where she got caught again. It might have been the third time for the game. And there's a look on her face that I just thought she something's just twigged for her and she's thought yep okay i've got to get better at this getting caught stuff maybe next she's year actually very good at getting together. caught very good at getting caught. <laughs> got to get very, not very, caught very good nat Thank well you, you know that great. moment when you said you saw it in the face i saw that i think the camera must have been right on her and i remember looking at her after she got caught for the fourth or fifth time and i remember thinking ah oh, that's a face of resignation you know that this is your you'll be lucky to play next week depending on what the coach has asked her to do maybe he's asked her to hang on to the ball and just duck and weave but I don't think she'll be coming back next year. I think she thinks the game, well, I'd probably think as well, the game's gone past her. She's uh, not quick enough for what's going on in the competition now. Yeah, well, I'll hang my hat on that. And uh, giving her the death stare in the studio, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I have learned to love her, but she would be my most frustrating player in the competition. Mm. I wanted wanted to do better and she should do better, but I don't, at 38, I think she is, um, it's... It would be a bit cool to move the 37. 37. Apologies. Corrections corner. Thank you. We can just do it on the spot. (laughs) I don't think she'll move for a third year. It's not worth her while or her reputation, I don't think. 
You know, I don't think she's, she's um, Irish. Here. To be sure, to be sure, to be sure. Oh, so that's three, <laughs> three. years. She'll come back for three. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'd like to apologise to our Irish listeners for that one. <laughs> From a Kiwi too who cops oh, it left, right yeah, and centre yeah, for yeah, our accent over here. What's the crack? Um, up the Bonner. <laughs> um, I like Yvonne Bonner though. Hopefully she will be retained and come back for sure. But mm-hmm. um, And then, you know, next year, rookie list, maybe get another a third one in and – have three of them running at the ball. But, yeah, that, I think that's what you need, just numbers running and keeping up. And I, I'd love to see the Giants with that tall marking forward, you know, a Cunningham-style player. Everyone keeps talking about their need for a leading tall marking forward. But what about a combination of someone like a Cunningham with Cora Staunton as well? Good mm. feed from an exceptional midfield and a couple of targets like that up forward plus, a, uh, you know, um, someone who's crumbing the goals. Someone like, um, well, even yeah, Cunningham's doing great, but Lauren Pierce with Melbourne Demons yeah. plays in the ruck and then they can rotate her forward. So or she's Emma got King to do a role. Mm. Um, Emma King does it spectacularly for the ruse. And, you know, I think we kind of lose that with Erin as only a ruck. She's not really versatile up the field. So maybe if they can get some more run in Ingrid and get her more used to because she's quite handy. She can actually play half back or half forward. So. Yeah, and she scores gold, Nielsen. Yeah, goals, Nielsen yeah she's also. got a nice kick on her for, yeah. for a tool. So. Yep. Booming kick, yeah. actually. The um the injuries didn't help, did they? To lose Barclay with a shoulder, and yeah, then that was a third. Oh, that was even half time. Half time. I don't think she yeah. came back. There yeah. was. An, I didn't. I, we did see some footage, yeah. And Nick Nat Bar, her <laughs> that hammy. Was, that was in the third quarter. Um, to lose two of your interchange, and they can be good players on their day as well. Yeah, mm. and especially a game that quick too. You yep. need that break. You need a little bit. Because I saw Hetherington at one point come off. She'd be like if she got all of about 20 seconds on the bench. So I actually think she would have ran, spent longer running from fullback to the bench to then run back to fullback. And I thought that's got to tire a player out. So whether they're – and that was in the first quarter or second quarter. That was early in the game. There's something not quite right with those rotations anyway to sit, to run that far and sit for 20 seconds and then get back in. Mm. It's a long way to run. Running to the bench is no good for anyone. Um, Ellie Brush also uh, had a good game. Great game. Yeah, outstanding game. Her best for sure. Her overhead marking for a soccer player, outstanding. Yeah. I can say that. (laughs) It's never part of my game. Um, Jodie Hicks had a lot of tackles and a goal. It was her first game back as well, wasn't it? So that's a pretty good return. Is that right? Yeah, I think it Yeah, yeah, she's dropped for a couple. Mm. Yeah. Um, Marinoff, um, Phillips both did their same old, same old, didn't they? Mm. 24 possessions. Marinoff threw in a few extra tackles, got 10 this week. Um, she's been a little bit quieter. I'm not sure if that's yeah. retained her title. I think Bowers has still got the most tackles in the comp. Yeah. Um, I did notice with um, Marinoff, she's giving a lot of attention to Fridge off the ball. And I thought that's obviously now Fridge has risen in status level of come and niggle at me because I'm a good player or something. I don't know. But I thought mm. for Marinoff to give so much attention to Fridge, who uh, it was off the ball. She wasn't there. And I don't think Fridge is, you know, an Aaron Phillips kind of a player. She has a different role in our team. But instead of Marinoff going back and making tackles, I thought it was really interesting that she changed her focus for a little bit of the game. Um, but I, what I thought, though, is as good as the Crows players are, I didn't think they were really outstanding as they have been in other games. So I thought the Giants have done, you know, maybe, I don't know, the Crows are resting, but, you know, Aaron had patches of brilliance. Marinoff patches of brilliance. I just don't think they dominated the whole game. Mm. Well, there was footage of them in the change rooms at halftime and they looked as if they lost the game 
and I said that to Kiwi and she said, well, just keep in mind they probably thought they weren't going to have to work as hard as they have so far. So they got a bit of a fright, but. Yeah. You girls were out there, weren't you? Yep. The, um, yeah, over nice in South Australia. Crowd. The nice hot day, atmosphere yeah. on the under, TV sounded amazing. Just under 8,000. Yeah. I don't crowd. think you could fit more people into that field, to be honest. It was um, it was packed. Mm. No, that's but, great. Yeah. Good support. So there was a lot of encouragement for um, the crows, which mm, always yep. makes for you know a bit more excitement when you're watching on TV. Um, but it I've wasn't deathly quiet. I was going to say, it wasn't deathly quiet when you know, GWS... <laughs> Um, was One that you going, crows. ah, squealing? <laughs> no, that wasn't me. Okay, must have been but someone Georgina else. Georgina Hibbard said that she heard she heard a, a, someone screaming to try to put off the goal kickers, uh, which she hadn't heard before. And from a, a player or from the audience? She it was players and, and I heard it too. Once I started listening, someone is, was screaming. But <laughs> Is that illegal or just a I don't tactical? Know. I'm assuming it's gamesmanship, but... Did you hear um, someone yelling out, Chewy on your boot? I didn't hear any of that. Because that was Kiwi. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a crow support. That a lot of them came with their camp chairs and they were they were all set up. And um, there was one friendly old man saying to me, it's a lone voice but it's a loud voice, <laughs> referring to me. And that would be a I compliment. Said, well, I do a podcast and I feel like I really should make myself known <laughs> and noisy, make a bit of noise with the giants. Good work. Good work. All the gear. <laughs> No idea. Let them know that, <laughs> that there was one person cheering them on. There were no, few. There were, there, were, few. there were a few that had travelled from Sydney that we ran into. Well, we did the players stay Lisa. and walk around? N- no, no, a couple came out. They looked really sad. Oh. Mm. Pretty, yeah, pretty. Careers down. are over. That's why. Uh, it was Lisa Whiteley's debut, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. Mm. But there was. So we were, we were watching who was uh, mucking up on Erin Phillips, and at one point, she was. Isn't that correct? Whitely. Mm. Oh, yes, yes. And we just thought that was a bit odd. A bit mean no in the first game. She first game. And she got burned really, you know, and probably didn't realise the pace of the game first time in. Don't put her on Erin. No. No. It can be a quick lesson, though, can't it, for a new player? Yeah. So this is, this is the level we expect of you and you know what mm. to work towards now? Yeah, for sure. It, it's a very quick game. You talk to the players and they just say how much quicker it is at that level, even from VFLW level. Up to AFL, even though you know it's they're most all the players. VFLW yeah. players, a lot of them. Mm. Mm. But manning up Phillips is a, a uh, query over Delpos on Phillips early. Delpos mm. is a fine player, but perhaps not a match body wise for someone like Phillips. Mm. I would have thought maybe a Randall or someone would get Phillips. Yeah, and she I did go to her, I think eventually. Yeah, they had quite some niggle. Um, niggle. <laughs> a few other ways I put that. Hi, this is Yvonne Boner, and you're listening to Giants Women's Day. All right, well, let's talk about the other games. Let's talk about um, the doubleheader at Marvel Stadium. Triple header? The triple header. It was the triple header. <laughs> it was my birthday, it. actually. Happy birthday, Thanks Fee. very much. Oh, and my God, uh, it was sung about ten times. It was. Well, I have a very supportive partner who has supported me when it was her birthday and she came to my gig uh, in Sydney, which I thought was pretty kind of her. So I repaid the favour this weekend. So it was her gig and I was managing one of the teams. So I'm not quite sure exactly how much value I added, but there I was. And so a few of them found out it was my birthday and they decided throughout the other matches that they'd sing it in the crowd a few times so some of that was captured by i think kirby fenwick and that was played on um, kick like a girl so brief cheerio you kick like a girl and kato halloran 
um, I did have a very happy birthday. Thank you very much. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about um, the Masters game, shall we? Sure. Sure. So we had two teams. Um, one team, Vic Metro, is actually Vic Metro. Um, so it's a lot of girls who have played at the carnival and then a lot who just took up the game last year with the local Metro League. And then Vic Country, there was, I think, three girls or four girls from Vic Country who played at the carnival. And the rest of us are all interstaters. So we've come from, I think, there are four from ACT, one from New South Wales, one from Queensland, one from Tasmania, and a few extra Vic Metro players. So... Um, so we came together and because we've met up at Carnival, a few of us knew each other, but it was Pam Andrews' vision to um, raise the profile of obviously Masters women playing. So um, because it was International Women's Day on Friday and because there was Auskick at half time, it kind of became a really awesome idea to have a Masters game um, preceding the two, the double header, so that it was girls or females of all ages on that field for that day and so for that we had to be over 40 which our league is normally over 35 um, due to a few of the AFW players who are in their late 30s so we gave them room to step up to our level one year one time. They, can, so. they have something to aspire to. <laughs> yeah mm. and so the special bit in the morning I guess was Pam got us all to say what the day meant for us so um, for a lot of people it's really interesting just listen to their stories of how they got there or involved in football and one of them is a lovely lady, Lynn Smith, who was 65. She took the field on the weekend. She, back in 1979, handed out pieces of paper to people or females, invited them to come and try football. In 1979, she got 90 girls to come along. That's huge. Wow. That's massive yeah. than now. We do it on social media. But, um, so, yeah, so she really, I think, got the ball started for us. Because two years later, VWFL became official in 1981. So um, for her to come along last year and start to play football, because she didn't really play. She went overseas not long after she handed out the flyers. Um, For her to rock up last year and still come back this year, she's just absolutely loving the moment and getting to run around and play football. And it's it's pretty awesome. And it was a great shot of Lynn marking up. On, on um, Granny, yeah, what's her name? Lauren Smart, we call oh. her Granny. Yeah, so it's fifty-nine-year-old on a sixty-five-year-old <laughs> standing under the Gen Y. This is Gen Y, uh, Gen G, W, Gen W. Sorry, Gen W banner, which we call them Gen Gs. <laughs> Geriatrics. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. No um, injuries. No soft tissue yeah, tears. No, yeah, no. no, none that I they must have done your warm up. That we did. Yes, I did. Took through a pretty thorough warm up. Um, well, there was yeah, time. Was, we did meet at ten o'clock, and we for had, a yeah, we game. had good trainers for the day. And I have to say, look. We love Sue Alberti. She is an incredible woman. Now, at some point, she has asked, where do we come in? And Because um, we did. We trained in the morning at Ron Barassi Senior Park. Then we went had lunch. Then we went to a gym to get changed because we weren't allocated change rooms. They were taken by the AFLW teams. So from the gym, we had to walk across the forecourt and then down the driveway to get back into the underground. Sue was in the driveway, and she shook hands with every single player coming through and thanked them for playing and for continuing the passion for women's football. Now, that's just, I think, amazing. But also, shout out to Nicole Livingston. 
Um, I actually got to meet her for the first time and just the human side of Nicole, she ushered us on the field. She was into the game as much as Sue and as much as every single person who ran onto that field with every tackle, every kick, every, you know, emotion. She took photos on on her phone of Sue giving us the pep talk and um, dear old Pam who won best on ground at the end of the day. And just, I thought that was the human person that people mm-hmm. may forget that, yes, she's the face of AFW. She cops a lot of um, crap when they don't agree with what policies she's sharing with us. But here was Nicole and she was just like all the rest of us. Um, I don't see Gil down on the field ushering players on and off either. But, yeah. you know, I thought she was pretty cool. And she, so I she said hello seemed... and my name's Kiwi. You won't forget me. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, Kiwi, she really? She seemed genuinely thrilled to be there. She did, yeah. And thrilled that you, you were there. And too. thanked all of us. All she of actually you, thanked I mean, us, you, which I don't think we need to be thanked. Hmm. <laughs> we would have done it a drop of hat. Yeah. But it was an awesome day. Country were the winners. I was captain of the country Right, team. so you were captain of country and yep. uh, Rachel, Rachel Holt, Holt was captain, captain of, of Vic Metro. Metro. There's a great shot of the coin toss. Do you yep. want to talk us through that? <laughs> well, perhaps you see, Rach may have technically won the coin toss and she hesitated pointing for which end she wanted. So I just pointed to which end I wanted and it happened to be at the same time. So we both it happened picked, to be opposite ends. Yeah, we happened to pick opposite ends. So I thought that worked out well. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, but I was helping with the Metro team. So I was across the other side of the field when the captains did their, their pep talks. And so Rachel Holt addressed Vic Metro and after her, leave nothing on the park lots of talking, look after one another. She said, um, let's put on a display for the AFLW players because the day. AFLW players will be us one day and they need to look up to us. Yeah. <laughs> and were the, did you see any of the players from the Bulldogs or Melbourne? or? Um, yeah, there Carlton were a few there. Watching? There's a lot of pictures of the girls because they wore their shirts after or their guernseys afterwards. There's a lot of pictures of them that they've met players up and around the back of the seats and stuff. So um, I don't know that they got to see too much of our game. because have been sequestered in there. Yeah, usually arrive early and go straight to the chain sheds. But mm. um, but yeah, we're up on the big screen. Yeah, they actually turned the big and TV I, I, on. Kudos <laughs> to you, Kiwi. You set Pam up for a lovely goal. Yeah, I thought that was very Pam. Gen- yeah, I kind of talked to Pam before the before the day about what her. I mean, her dream was obviously to get us to play at Marvel, and um, and I said about kicking goals, and I've been lucky to kick goals in some pretty awesome fields around, you know, like Norwood Oval and um, what is it, GMHBA Stadium. Um, and I thought it'd be pretty cool at Marvel and she goes oh that would be my dream and there was one point in the second half I thought if I got the ball I wonder if I could give it if I was quick enough to get it and give it to Pam so she could kick the goal and as it happened without even planning it I did a jagged kick through that she picked up and got our winning goal so it did well work done. out in the end but and their Dreams celebration her celebration stuff was, of yeah. dream oh, it was. there was music behind it and everything jumper over her head yeah all that. oh no we jumped she jumped i think she jumped on me yeah Sweet. and everyone just jumped on stacks. all of us just stacks, stacks in really but watching because it was on the big screen right as we ran back to positions, I was watching Pam watching herself on the big screen. And even again, she celebrated again. And she could, you know, like sense that moment that she celebrated. So, yeah, it was pretty cool to see. And um, there was we did have our own video film crew and our own um, still photography crew there. So hopefully there'll be some really good footage come out when they get time to edit it all too. So, Kerry, what, what was the makeup of players in terms of those that had played footy before in leagues to those who were new to the game? Um, it was probably pretty even. There wouldn't have been anyone brand new yesterday. Um, the newer ones would have played a little bit of Masters last year, so they're probably sitting around about three or four games of footy in their life. 
Um, and then there was the likes of me and Blouse, <laughs> Belinda Bowie, who's um, played quite a lot. So I'd probably say probably 80% of both teams would have been quite um, adapted to football. Just yeah. a lot of us are just older and slower these days. But there was a story that came out today, which is a fantastic uh, uh, talking point for your game. It really, you know, it was great. Yeah. But I, I did note that they were discussing the idea that a lot of the women in the Masters game had been inspired by AFLW, had never played footy before, was the suggestion, and went, oh, well, I'm too old now to play in this league, but I'm going to pick up a footy and do it anyway. I'm sure that's the case for many, but I think it misses the point too that there were a lot of women who played AFL before the AFLW came into being, and that often gets overlooked, yep. doesn't it? Sort of this yeah. sense in the general community that AFLW was born yesterday, you know, and here it uh, is, but actually there's been you know, decades worth of time. work we, by women before. The women's footy is only three years old. You know, mm. so, you know, actually we had nationals since 1999, I think, was the first national, yep. national. So that was your best 25 from each state. Not your best 250 from Victoria and six from New South Wales and yeah. 20. You know, it was like, you know, a lot more, I think, higher for what it was back then because you didn't have your strappers and gyms and nutritionists and everyone else helping you to get on the field. It was a week away. You had one week, six yeah. games, so that bit hasn't changed, um, or seven games if you made the final. But, um, yeah, our league in, in Melbourne, that league would be the opposite. It would be about 20% who played before and 80% new. Right. But the girls that took the field on the weekend, most of them have played a few seasons of football, yeah. if not a few more. So, yeah, mm. a little bit different. I'm Ellie Brush and you're listening to Giants Women Say. So let's talk about the double headers to begin with and then we'll talk about the other games around it. So the first game was Collingwood North, is that right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Collingwood almost almost took it to North. I um I am not a Pies fan by any shot and it wouldn't matter how much Net paid me. I probably <laughs> wouldn't be, but at one point I was cheering Pies on. I just wanted them to get a win. And they were so close. They were in that game. And Sarah Rowe, another Irish girl that I just think is outstanding. Oh, she Sarah Rowe. She, she had, oh, yeah. it was one of the most delightful moments of the weekend, I think, was when she soloed to herself a couple of times. You might need to so, explain uh, that for Indeed, if, if those of maybe haven't M. played Gaelic or seen the game, a solo, I think, is when you, when you get to carry the ball for five steps, I think it is, and you have to either bounce it or kick it to yourself. And you have to bounce, then kick, bounce, then kick. That makes any sense. Yep. Five steps. Yep. Um, and she soloed to herself twice, which is obviously not something one needs to do in AFL. But muscle memory kicks in, and she did the solo. And even harder with an oval ball. Yeah. As well. And she did it well. <laughs> I was um, chatting to a bunch of people and and watching the game, and then I remember mid sentence, I went, "She just soloed that," and yeah. they all looked at me like, "What?" <laughs> I did the same thing. It actually <laughs> reminds me. <laughs> of a moment years and years ago I played with Lauren Spark who obviously is at the Bulldogs these days and she's leading the cross coders yep. um, stuff Spark. going on there and uh, she came from beach volleyball so high level beach volleyball player now I kid you not in her first season sometime halfway through the season she and I were near and the ball had come down sort of floating and she dug the ball at me and the <laughs> volleyball style dig that you do yeah she dug the ball to me and I actually couldn't collect the ball because I was laughing so hard so Sarah Rose solos reminded me a little of that Sparky's cross-coder yeah, stuff old is habits going well. die yeah hard, absolutely but well, we, we um years ago we had an Irish girl in our league here Marie Keaton who's still quite a talented player and could probably have come over she just thinks she's too old to come over now but she's she would solo just every now and then in a game and on a turn like she was really hard to mark anyway 
But yeah, it's just it, you're right. It's just muscle memory. Yeah, you settle yourself, kind of thing. And, yeah, and it throws off the defender. <laughs> what? What? What did you just do? But the game was nice, a nice open game, wasn't it? it was yeah. good footy to watch, wasn't it? it was clean. It was a, a you know, yeah. a quality I, game. I don't know what they felt, but I felt inside our ball felt greasy. So mm. I don't know if it's just a little bit more clammy on that field, and the grass was just a strange grass to play on because you don't get a lot of traction. But very wide field, so mm. um, yeah, good good excuse to use the wings that um, they've got the legs for. So um, it was fairly even at the start of, uh, sorry, by the end of the first quarter. Um, and then in the second and third, it really got away and North dominated. So in the fourth... It was, yeah, and just on that, it was um, kind of made it Collingwood more one, one, one goal, one point in the second and third quarters total to five goals, six. It yeah. got blew out there. We pulled it back a bit in the last quarter. But, yeah, uh, we let... Let them run away with it there. Yeah, mm. let them just get too many goals. Yeah. Look, Collingwood did a couple of good things. Um, Grant going to Duffin seemed to be a bit of a genius move, don't you think? It um, kept Duffin quiet or accountable at least. And um, Grant got herself a goal and a few possessions herself. I thought she that was a pretty good move. Guttridge, um, the young kid who's only had about three games, she got herself a couple of goals and was pretty good. Shiny. Look, her enthusiasm, you've got to credit her for that, don't you? She's, um, you know, she's the got the... Horn. Yeah, the, I, I, I did. She was on the sideline apparently yelling out support and the commentators couldn't, on the field, is it Sam down there? Couldn't, Sam Lane couldn't hear what they were saying to her because Shani's voice was just so booming and getting caught <laughs> under the roof as well. So, uh, um, and she kept trying. She she runs and she's doing some shepherds. She's doing some good, she's getting ahead around She's the getting game. better. And she's, she's starting to use her body better in those rut contests too. So, um, which, you know, that's the total opposite of what nipples do is, is in the touch of the ball, which which is why I like Ash Brazil so much because she is another netballer who just runs. I think she's got the best size step in the league. And but you know she played a game the night before. She played a full on game of you know Super League netball or whatever it is the Friday night, and then turns up and plays footy. The re- like they're sharing yes. it fully at yeah. Collingwood. No yeah. one's giving her up. So yeah, good on her wow. to be able to run around because she was she's always one of our best. She's probably been should be in the best and fairest running. Pretty clear, oh, I reckon. Doubt. Yeah, yep. I reckon she will be right up there. Mm. I was spewy with uh, Foxtel. They had no replays in that game. The replays <gasps> weren't coming through for goals, marks, or any incidents and things like that. Um, it was very frustrating. So I don't know what had happened with technology. Um, yeah, wasn't great. Hmm. Just going back to your point about Duffin, Nat. She, well, I agree with you on that point that she was probably uh, held well compared with other matches she's played she still had a very good game you know and just continues to impress immensely I noticed during the week she has she is in fact leading the marks in the league which is another point for the defenders you don't often so see not that. even intercept marks just marks just marks okay yep good on her yeah no she's been um she's great I heard on one of the footy podcasts throughout the week or shows that not only has she picked up, you know, last year's uh, Victorian Footballer of the Year and she's won club awards and uh, isn't she also Cricketer of the Year and she's she wins everything um, she puts her hand to. She's a pretty amazing mm. athlete because she doesn't look like a natural athlete either, really, does she? She hasn't got this sort of life build or uh, – no, uh, I'm happy for her. She's she's had another, another ripper game and great season. So well done to old Duffin. Mm. And well done, North Melbourne. You yeah. really – Smashed them. <laughs> <In the end. laughs> they did in the end. It was um, it was a safe win 
wasn't it? Um, their inaccuracy nearly cost them seven eleven. I think oh, they kicked in eight. Eleven behind. Yeah. yeah. So they look six scoring shots to eighteen. Probably and the inside fifties would would have been a lot more than that. That again. So mm. look, it probably wasn't as close as what you feel like it might be. But um, anyway, Collingwood gets Brisbane next week. So mm. they're a little chance because yep. Brisbane aren't in great form. No, so not. Collingwood may not have to do nudie run. but if you want to talk about close let's talk about the next game which was bulldogs and d's and um d's won by one point in the very last quarter as opposed to any other quarter it was the uh, last kick of the game yeah got got them back into the front and um, believe it yeah it was very exciting it was it was a great game what were the crowds did the crowd stick around for this match no No, it emptied out a bit which was a which yeah. is a shame because that's the game you want to hang around for. Yeah. A result like that is, is oh, yeah. good fun. Well, I think is that the first time this year that um, the losing team has kicked more goals than the team that won? Mm-hmm. That's oh, how yeah. it's well, six two five nine. Yeah, you're right. So um, normally they yes. say if you kick more goals, you'll win. Mm. Not always. Not always. Not always. But, um, they created lots of chances and they did, even though they missed so many, they had a couple of um, goals from really tight angles. Um, and I thought Tegan, I can't remember who the debut, someone on debut for the Demons got a really good goal from a tight angle. Um, but Tegan Cunningham was really mm. her. She, I don't know, she's wearing something sticky on those hands and she's holding everything that comes to her and kicking superbly straight for a basketballer. Um, I think she's just going great guns. Mm. Yeah, She's a ripper. Getting, I, I love her. She, I've been a fan of hers all year and she's had a, a standout year, uh, mm. actually making use of her height and, as you say, holding yep. marks, kicking her goals, um, and kick that pressure shot to win. You could easily yeah. miss that. And you, you're always forgiven for that. Exactly. I think. And she was you know, great. that's a bit of experience too, I think, playing other sports at high levels, coming in. She reminds me of Lauren Jackson. Does she remind you of Lauren yeah, Jackson? Bit, I think yeah. it's the way she holds herself perhaps. Or, um, But no, she was great. She was really good. Getting great feed from Paxman as always, of course. We had another stellar game. Yeah, the Darabin midfield, they're pretty solid ah. in there. <laughs> Lily, yeah. Paxi, Junior, mm. LP. Can we talk about mm. Carney then? And we didn't talk about Carney mm. before. Magazina. Oh, well. <laughs> Conti, oh, hang on, Conti. <laughs> well, Conti picked up 20 and had seven tackles and Paxman was 24 touches and seven tackles as well. Um, she's really had a great season in. Melbourne have had a quiet year, don't you think, compared to, you know, their fighting aren't they to make the finals they're yeah. you know they're a chance on percentage and wins and losses and all yeah. those sorts of things yeah. um i feel like she's had a really really good year another conti? Uh, no sorry um paxman oh, sorry Pax, yeah yep. yeah conti again she's been good but um i think you were talking about the angled kick or the pressure kick for melbourne i know eden zanker did one right on the quarter time uh, siren it might have been it was a really tough kick and i heard the commentator say that she had um it was actually the end of the third quarter that she comes from a little country town where only three families live there. And I just remember thinking, I was wrapped and I sort of followed it up a bit. And I thought, isn't it great that the system doesn't let these kids get lost? That this kid from this tiny country town can be playing, not quite on the MCG, but on a fully fledged AFL match with TV cameras and crowds and she can be a star and she had a really good game last night and through social media I got in, had a little chat to her mother who's very proud of her, her Eden <laughs> which is lovely and the little town's called um, I think it's pronounced Natcha and it's um, 400 k's out of Melbourne uh, towards about um, northwest of Melbourne so near Swan Hill places like that mm. and um, she went hadn't been playing 
didn't exist up there for girls, obviously, to play. Working on the farm with the family, went to the 2017, one of the matches, and thought, oh, I want a piece of this. Went back and joined the Bendigo Pioneers and was a standout. And through that, she got to uh, be picked by Melbourne. So uh, just, a, you know, their first pick in 2018, it must have been. Mm. And she had a great, she was great. And so the whole township knows she's a hero to them and will yeah, inspire anyone great. else in there. So, yay. Cheerio to Eden Zanka. And a mum. <laughs> it's probably worth noting on that too, Nat, I suppose, that um, it's only been in recent, relatively recent years that women like Eden Zanka have access to the game, where in those regional areas, especially a long way out of uh, the metro centre, just didn't have any options. You know, once they got to that age of 12 and couldn't play with the boys anymore, that's it. There were no girls' leagues. But mm. again, those older women who did that work, you know, years and sometimes decades ago, built those foundations and there are now pathways for many of those regional girls and women playing the game. Yeah, right. Um, okay, let's talk about the game that went earlier that day, which was um, Frio just completely smashing the Cats, which I predicted. Well, I didn't predict. I just wanted it. So they it was 49 to 13. Complete blowout. Yeah, three scoring shots to 19. Yeah, Cats haven't kicked many goals at all no, this year. No, they haven't, have they? It's They're hard to watch along, I find. Yeah. About Dower and and they've come again, yeah. <laughs> and they've Dower come against affair. Frio, who have mm. kick, who are kicking you know outstanding goals this season. So, yeah, that that probably was a little bit predictable. That margin it was within reach um, in the fourth in the fourth quarter. I mean, by the end of the third quarter, really? for the Cats, I would well, I would call that within reach. But um, interestingly, yeah, that Frio got thirteen behinds by the end of it. So. There's a bit Pepper of accuracy that could, <laughs> that could be looked at. But, uh, I mean, what a great result. Kiara Bowers for them, again, just oh, talk about standout players. And she had 19 tackles for the day. Yeah, right. nearly broke the record. She was she was really good, wasn't she? And Houghton was accurate. She got herself three goals. Um, I remember thinking Meg Mack for Geelong looked tired. And then I looked at her stats and I thought, well, I know why, because you still had 22 <laughs> possessions. <laughs> yeah, and the ball great. had come in probably 23 times inside 50 so there's a lot of work for her to do but her kickouts in the last quarter she looked she was just sort of you know how you can leave the square and run to kick she was just trotting out and I thought yeah you look really tired and you probably are you've had to work really hard this season and hold up that end she is um, such a great defender and she's so funny I, I watched uh, her playing for Darabin last year last yeah last, yeah, year. last year and uh it, she's only done it once, but I keep waiting to see her do it again. So she's on the mark, and instead of distracting and getting in the way of the kicker, she's still out of the way as if to, you know, welcome her like a maid of D into a restaurant. <laughs> <Yeah>. She <laughs> just sort of went, Walk Here this you way. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Burst out laughing, and everyone, the coaches were on the sideline laughing, the players were laughing. And uh, I think you didn't you ask JC, her line coach, if she'd yeah. taught her that? And she went, No. Nah. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, she's got a very good humour. She has, yeah. you know, she um, she played season one with the Bulldogs and got delisted, and then just sort of said, you know, what can I work? And she was actually a forward, so in her time with the Bulldogs, she played in defence and forward. So they never really had a proper role for her, and so what she did last year, she actually took the whole season and just worked on her craft, worked on her speed. Um, she built some muscle mass, so she, you know, she did slim up a bit and just became a lot stronger and quicker. 
And um, for me, I think she's she was the outstanding defender of the whole VFLW competition last year with her intercept marking. And um, she's currently coming um, second, I think, in the, uh, with intercept marks. She averages um, just under nine a game. And her spoils are sitting just under four a game. But um, I think she's got an outstanding story. Mm. And... Um, she will tell you because she told all of us and especially our coach last year, she attended 100% of trainings last year, which, you mm. know, when you start training in November and go right through to September, that's a long time to be 100% available for your team. And yeah. was it just fitness or did she look at a diet and yeah, do everything? Yep. Yeah, her diet. So, yeah, so she so she did put on some muscle mass and she lost, you know, some fat percentage because she cleaned up her diet or adjusted. I don't think she had a bad diet, just adjusted it and um, worked on her speed. She just worked on all the things that she was told she had to work on to come back. And um, and Jane just kind of saw her more as a defender. Jane so she, Lang. Jane Lang, mm. who's um, Demons midfield coach. And then um, JC, who's wellness at Carlton, um, was our defence coach last year. And so she just continued working with her and um, and developed, I think, a solid defender. Mm. I don't think she'll play in the forwards ever again. But, um, she was uh, interviewed by Alison Smirnoff on, um, I think it's the only episode they've oh done yeah. this year, isn't it, for This uh, this AFL Life a podcast um it's been going for a couple of years. Very entertaining. Uh, so look that up, anyone who wants to hear the story of someone who's been delisted, was disappointed, picked themselves up and made the changes necessary to now be having a great season. It is a really good episode. I actually learnt all about I didn't know Meg before. Oh, mm. Megan, Megan, as she likes yes, to be yes, called, Megan. didn't she? Um, uh, I learned a lot. And an hour interview, you do get a lot of insight into yeah. what happens. Mm. I think she used to be a co-host on that show, didn't she, last yes, year yes, when she yeah. didn't have anything better to do, yeah, was it? It's kind of what's happened to that podcast is um, the year is that JC's gone to Carlton, she's gone to Geelong and poor Alison's left on her own. So, <laughs> yes, and no pods this year. <laughs> okay, so finally, um, the Carlton versus... Lions game and Carlton came out on top and then some. They messed up my tips. I would have had perfect round. But good on Carlton. I'm I'm stoked for them. I'm surprised Brisbane played like that two weeks in a row, to be honest. I yeah, we I really all didn't thought think they, they well they all thought they'd yeah. pick up. Brisbane almost didn't look like they were getting into it. They wanted to, they just couldn't. Nothing was really going their way. They nothing seemed to go right. The season's almost over for them, I feel. they. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and if they were to scrape in, I feel like they won't be doing anything when they get there anyway. Mm. So uh, I'm wrapped that Carlton, who I didn't think were going to win a game at the start of the season, are just coming home. Like coming they're unbelievable strong. and they're looking really positive and I'm happy to jump on their bandwagon, I think, Carlton. Yeah. It's good to see um, Taylor Harris getting more involved and consistently oh. now getting more involved and, you know, contributing to a team results. She's so reckless <laughs> with her own body, <laughs> her body and her teammates and the opponent. Yeah. She has no switch on safety or expectations. The way she throws herself into packs is really frightening. Um, yeah. she She's always her, done it. Hurt her shoulder last week. She had a wrist this week. Uh, she is at least holding a few more marks and kicking yeah. a couple of goals. No good throwing yourself around if you're not then doing think, what you meant to do as a I think I remember watching her when she was about 17. I think I was sitting with Ian Jan Cooper and we're looking at the way she was landing from those big marks then going, she's going to have she a short last. career if she, until she changes the way she lands because yeah, she, she's reckless with her body, absolutely. Yeah, it's frightening. And uh, speaking of injuries on the field... Kate McCarthy, mm. 
that nose, mm. man, that was a that was smash awful, and a half, that it? head clash. And I, I had a little glimpse on the camera. I think her nose was right across her face or like it looked so painful and she was in so much pain coming off and there was a, um, a I think uh, one of the AFL pages, the AFL women's had a photo of a from early in the day saying, you know, who's excited on a scale of one to ten and they had a picture of Kate with her arms pumped in the air from a previous match. So I then attached to it later in the night, I made a comment or on a scale of one to ten, how badly broken is, you know, Kate's nose and Kate got back to me and said... It's a 12. Oh. <laughs> so it's oh, pretty sore, yeah. And so um, with plenty of emojis of, you know, spread noses and big noses. And <laughs> I didn't do the little blood drop, though. That could have been in there as well. So, um, yeah, good on Kate. I don't know how she would have felt ti- found time to be on social media. She was probably at the hospital having surgery. So her face will be unbelievable if she gets out. You know, and get good on her to get back out on the field after getting that well, that you know, was the thing she actually came nose. back out. She was wrapped family, up like the she? elephant man. I did, <laughs> I did see she did go into a, a bit of a, a you know tackle or something, and um, there was recoiled. It wasn't her recoiling; it was the opponent going, "Oh my god, what's on your face?" <laughs> so um, I am not good an on, animal. I am not an animal. I am a fish. <laughs> so no, good on her for getting back out there, and I really hope she makes it again because Brisbane need her. She's up and about, and uh, Brizzy need her next week against. Yeah, she's having a ripper season. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have to note Presparkus again, of course, oh, in her yeah. first year. How many? 27, high 20s mm. again. Yeah. just she, I mean, She's right up there for the medal end of the year, isn't she? Mm. Mi- mixing it with people like Paxman and Carney and those absolute gun midfielders that have been around for quite a while. In her first season of footy and she's 18. Mm. Has anyone ever won the rookie and best of Ferris? No. I think Courtney Gum got pretty close, didn't she, last year? Yeah, but rookie's um, under 21. Oh, okay. So, so what did... There Courtney, is an age yeah, did she get? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she so got, rookie's not just players, your first year. I think she got the players' association. Oh, okay, home. okay. Mm. So yeah. can a rookie then win the soon to be called Erin sure. Phillips Award? <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, why not? Um, that that name, Presparkus. I reckon you're going to hear it for a long, long time. Yeah. She's got a younger sister oh. who is dominating in the current NAB League. Used to be Tat Cup. I think her name's Georgie, and she's currently about 15, 16. Mm. But she's dominating the under 18 so far this season. So. You know, a couple of years is another one to be drafted. So, is there an age limit? Do you have to be over. You have to be eighteen you have to, to be, be drafted. 18. Yeah. Okay. So, so she's got a couple more years defining her or refining her craft at that level before she steps up. But by all accounts, there's going to be two of them running around, double mm. trouble. Excellent. Mm. I mean, that's a beauty of we were saying more teams next year, more players, and more newbies can get out and yeah show us what they got i think in that brisbane game was it ellinger she kicked two goals and she she kicked two of the four for brisbane and she you know the, the first game and they're making the most of the opportunity and that's what we'll see hopefully week in week out for uh, the next few seasons to come corrections corrections corner i have i'll start i would like to apologize for my comments about the Mardi Gras video that the Giants players put together, there weren't only AFLW players in that video. There were two male players. One was the captain, Phil Davis, and the other was Adam Kennedy. And it um, doesn't matter if it was the captain or not. I just thought it was pretty poor and some bad manners that I didn't find out their names. I'm still only here for AFLW, but I do apologise that I didn't take the trouble to name those players properly. <laughs> okay, that's done. And Nat, you... No, I think I'm free of no, errors. No, no, no. I'm not. Oh, God, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> what have I done? Well, as if 
a broken schnoz wasn't bad enough, you couldn't say her name properly. When? <laughs> did it, what did I call it? Weird. I think it was more than once, wasn't it? Fee? It was more than once, Em. Kate McCarthy. That's correct. That's her what name. What was I calling Kate McCartney? Yes. Well, that's your error for not picking me up last week. That's not my fault. I'm <laughs> new to this game. Take the heat, Nat. Take <laughs> responsibility for your Name actions. and shame. <laughs> oh, well, me and Kate, we're close now that we're on. I just call her KM, K-Mac. Kate Cat. <laughs> you say McCarthy, I say McCartney. I've even written it wrong. <laughs> But there was only one broken nose out there that we all saw. So cheers, Kate. (laughs) Katie. (laughs) M, do you have anything to be sorry for? I I hope not. (laughs) I don't think so. I'm looking at you like I could be guilty (laughs) of something, but not that I know of this week. (laughs) This is Kiwi Kiwi Splaining. Some faithful listeners down in Melbourne have pulled me aside and had a chat about my interpretation of the 50-metre rule. Not so much the interpretation, but in that I feel it's a good it's a good punishment. I think 50 metres right. is huge. And they pulled me aside and actually pointed out their view. They disagreed that, I, that it was a good punishment in that if we're talking about equality for females and males, that a male's kick is around about 50 metres, a female's kick is around about 35. Therefore, the penalty should be shorter for the women's game oh give me a break no, so my theory I, is, I actually listen to it and you know they make a really good point I, they're just they wrong do though. they do make a good point um my justification was just that i think it's a punishment so 50 meters is a fair punishment um the new ruling around it this whole um protected zone and being able to run on from play on see you know some potentially giving up another 50 um the men are starting to um, have trouble adjusting to this rule. So even now they're suggesting that 50 metres is too far. So it's quite interesting. So watch this space. You'll hear more about it because the AFL is now being told, have another look at um, this tweak that you've done on the tweak of the tweak of the rule. Mm. So, yes. It's, it's funny, isn't it? Because I often would think the 50 metres given in the men's game is too long because it so often puts them in front of goal because they're such long kicks. And in our day playing, it was 25 metres. mm I thought, but we can't kick as far. Wouldn't you give us longer in the penalty? Well, Move some, the game forward? Someone what? suggested the master should be 15. I thought, that's cruel. Oh, Come that's on. Cruel. Come on. We need 50 to get it. <laughs> right. Just the AFL men's used to be um, 15. Yeah. It, that's it right, wasn't yeah. even that long ago, maybe 25 yeah. years. But, you know, part of the point of it is also that um, you're taking it up, potentially be a scoring opportunity. You want more goals in the game. So mm. it becomes a punishment. And usually you're only penalised 50 if you've actually done something quite serious, you know, in that contest usually. Because the first one is the free kick, so the second one's often the 50. Yeah, and it's so often uh, running into that protect, protected zone. that More recent, yeah, or dropping the ball on the ground. Like <sighs> I think it was Sarah Rowe got one in the weekend. It was it pretty rough. It slipped out of her hand, she dropped it, but then she picked it straight back up and handed it to the player. So to me, she still handed it to the player. The umpire too was so happy. Boop, down mm. the down the field, fifty. I thought that's really uncool. Mm. That's just not on. It's not very St Patrick's weekend coming up. Just <laughs> next week she'll be forgiven. Have <laughs> yeah. <Cut> some slack. <laughs> this is Phoebe Monaghan, and you're listening to Giants Women Say. Let's do our predictions for round seven, the final round of the home and away conference system. So, D's versus Crows. Let me pull up my tips. 
D's versus crows, I'm going for D's because I want those crows knocked off again now. And it's pretty even. Pretty even. It is a pretty even split on the tipping. Really? App. Oh, I find that interesting. 52-48 to Melbourne. No, Adelaide. They're not going to lose again this season finals or anything. Hmm. Yeah, Adelaide. I think they can't help but win at the moment. Yeah, I think Adelaide as well. I think Casey Field is just such a big open ground. No one's going to get home team advantage out there. Um, actually, you know, Adelaide win. They go straight to the final. Um. And Demons, I think, have to rely on percentages. They're currently sitting on fourth spot in their conference. So, Is that Sarah Black's hard work yep. there? Who yep. So been, they win. It becomes Sarah a percentage battle with for Adelaide for second place is what will happen in that game. But how does that do, – because the Dockers and North Melbourne, one of them will automatically go through. So how can Melbourne come from behind them? Yeah, I don't think Fremantle and um, the Roos draw. No, Melbourne still have to win though. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Melbourne would have to win because they've got Dockers and North Melbourne sitting ahead of them at the moment, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, that's if Melbourne win. Yeah. Those two have to draw. Okay. Yeah. So if Melbourne oh. draw or right. they lose, they're out completely. Okay. So, right. yeah, they have to win. They have to okay. win and then some and then right. some other stuff. And hope that the others draw. Happen. Okay. It's as complicated as it was at this point last, last year. year. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next, Frio versus the Ruse. I am going for a Frio bull bar round. Oh, I'm going for Frio. I think Frio will beat the Ruse. Yes. And Frio are at home. So um, I'm thinking, you know, they may do it at home. That, um, if anyone's going to. I think yeah. how it has to work is they – oh, no, they may still finish second. So they've gone away preliminary final. Anyway, so potentially, or probably is, their last home game for the season, no matter where they finish. Well, oh, it will yeah, be. it's the last round. Because so they're be not the playing last. finals over there regardless, are they? Yeah, the preliminary finals are at the higher oh, finishing. Oh, okay. Just the grand oh, yeah. finals in Melbourne. Look, it could be – oh, I don't know what to pick there. I'd like to see North Melbourne to be going through to the finals, so I'll put my money on them. Mm. M. I would obviously love to see the Roos win this one, mm. but I do suspect that Frio in Perth mm. might knock us off. Us, you, did I say yes. them? Yes, did I didn't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> that the ruse, Frio See might Peter be Holden, the ruse. Other people do it. <laughs> <laughs> this is an I'm a Giants fan, but moment, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Pies versus lions, and I am going pies. Collingwood. Oh, gee. Yep. All right, pies. Yo. I don't know. Can I say? Do it. Can I say? Can I say that? The quaddy. The sentimentalist in me would say, come on, the pies. Sarah Rowe, St. Patrick's Day. He's a great Welshman, you know. Let's go out for. Yeah, he's, he's Welsh. Who is? St. Patrick. That the Irish celebrate? He's Welsh. <laughs> he truly You're just is. Just making things confused that weren't confused before, Kiwi. Sorry. So the luck of the Ir- luck of the Irish because um, he got rid of the snakes, didn't he? The lions don't have any Irish people, and they had a Kiwi and they don't anymore. So Collingwood, all, go Collingwood, all four of us. <laughs> right. And Bulldogs versus Carlton. I'm going Bulldogs. That is the Pride Round, by the way. Carlton. Yeah, Carlton for me. Are they playing mm. in new jumpers this week too? They will. They yes. will. Special. 
Did you all Pretty see well. their nice orange socks this week as well? They look great. I heard they were going to wear yeah. them, but I, I didn't actually watch that match. Look, so. they're all two inches high. Have you noticed no one has long socks anymore? They mm. all just have these little Only anklets, the, um, basically. Um, yeah. it's, no, it is issue not, with the uniform. Just not cricket, is it, Nat? It's actual summit, the AFLW uniform. You have to wear short socks. Yeah. That's what they issue. They actually do not get issued long ones, only the rucks. And then it comes into the VFLW where the players are issued with the short and then they can come back to us and ask for the long ones. So and why is that? most push them down anyway? Most push their socks down. Kiwi, okay. who um, are you going for in the uh, in Bulldogs versus Blues? Oh look, I'd love to um, cheer on the Bulldogs with the um, they've got an Irish girl as well, and Sparky with her army. And um, there's nothing like watching Sue Alberti start the crowd going up and in, in the grandstand. I actually call it the Sue Alberti box, the whole grandstand up there, because yeah. um, she just every now and then always said, "Come on, doggies, doggy, doggy, doggy." Like <laughs> it's her that it. yells it. Woof, woof, woof. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, I think Carlton are just on a good roll at the moment. They're playing some good footy, and um, you know, they it'll be a close game. I think they'll just have an edge. Okay, so we did mention that is the Pride round, the Pride game, or the Pride game. Now we were discussing this earlier, and we are joining the call for a Pride round. We think there should be a Pride round across the whole league. Mm. Mardi Gras weekend. Mardi Gras weekend. Giants playing. What do we decide? Friday night? Friday night. Friday night. Saturday morning. Yep. They've got and plenty of time Saturday to get their the outfit put sorted their, out. Put their um, biodegradable glitter on. That's the one. And, and uh, hop get on the back of our bikes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 or could Sydney host... I can hook you up, ladies. ...the whole round and all the players go out on a float on Saturday night. Well, that's easy. Go. Just, yeah, then they're not exhausting themselves. They can probably continue their static stretches uh, and then home to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Recovery at Bondi. It's all sounding good to me. And finally, Giants versus Cats. I'm going Giants. Cats. Giants for me. Draw. <laughs> we haven't had a draw yet. Yeah, always have a draw. Challenge. So it's got to be this okay. week. Um, um, <laughs> I need to know if these tips match up with your, your kiss of death tips. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes they don't. <laughs> But also in the tipping contest, I do different too. But um, no, Cora, look, at the moment, Cora's second best for inside 50s. She's averaging 4.3 in a game. She's coming against um, Rocky, who is first at the moment on the stats for the season for inside 50s. So, um, so you know, there's if we can nullify what Rocky contributes um, with Maddie Boyd and Phoebe Williams. Gee, where have they come from? Oh, Giants. You never let them go. Dead but to me. Um, yeah, Williams, you, you and your way. mother. <laughs> They're leading yeah. the way with contested marks, <laughs> and um, so if we've, you know, I mean, we've we don't really have a huge amount of tools in our backline, but if we can stop those two, um, would be good. But um, spoils, you know, as you talked before, Meg Mac with her intercepts and spoils, um, just I don't know, not kick the ball to the forward that she marks, perhaps is <laughs> something I don't know. She's just outstanding, playing really good. Um, the two Aaron's in the rucks. So you got Aaron Hoare, who's currently doing really, really well with Geelong. Yeah. Um, is leading the hit-up percentage hit yep. at the moment for 61%, um, which Erin, our Erin used to do. She used to lead the hit-out. Erin McKinnon. Yeah, so she's currently sitting now down at 57, which is only second on the tally. But, um, but you know, again, Erin Hall is one they can use around the field. Mm. So she takes the marks around the field, which um, our Erin's not really getting around doing. So I think they've got versatility. I think the wins that they've had so far, they've kind of really ground out a close win in all of their matches. They haven't um, set up, 
you know, really big scores. They haven't mm. kicked too many goals. So it'll be, I think, up to us to just get those goals through. And we're really up there with inside 50s. We've just got to make sure that we make better use of the ball when we're up there. That's what I reckon. Two newbies will have to come in with Barclay and Barr out with their injuries. And... Nah. So, yeah, so they might bring in Phoebe Monaghan back into the back line for um, Nick Barr, perhaps. Tate might come back. Or one of the girls who haven't played. But whoever comes in, what's going to have to happen is the best ever I can give this week. I don't think it'll be enough to beat uh, Geelong, though. I hope they win. Home game in Canberra. They've done pretty well in Canberra before. So, you know, let's hope they can do pretty well. And Friday night kind of goes against some Friday night games, doesn't it? Yep. I'm a Giants fan, but we did have a good time playing with... Another radio show here at 2SER last Friday on International Women's Day. GWS podcast, big fan, of course, but they weren't too far behind us. No, it's good. Across the park, Joel, Mick and Gabby, they were very welcoming and made us feel very comfortable. And um, with a bit of luck, we'll move into their seats and kick them out by <laughs> the end of the year. I, I think they're nervous, Matt. Did you see them at the end of the show? Yeah, they, they were concerned. We, uh, we had to rein it in a bit, didn't we, really? Well, I won the car. There was a quiz and I won the car. <laughs> so I did offer to drive everyone home. So, uh, you know, I was generous. But no, we had a great time and we enjoyed ourselves chatting about all sports, not just the AFL. And um, it was nice to be in there on International Women's Day. That was the hmm. reason for it because we're a couple of chicks and it was Ladies' Day. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I know Mick and he's a sailor who wants to be a whaler. Hi, Mick. <laughs> there you gonna, go. That's going to cut deep. That's two, a, that's two a years community. in a row with one. That's a oh, kick. is that the Community Cup? Community they community talked cup. about yeah. that, oh, yes. I was going to say, what is that? We no, might be a chance it. to get on the... Uh, we might, be, oh, yeah. we might get a game now no, that we're... No, no not sailors, no. not sailors. Can you play music? Yeah. Yep. No. Whalers. Well, that's how I sing like a whale. So is that what, is <laughs> that, what that is? <laughs> and Mick was we'll on Pointless the other night on TV. Oh, yeah, with T. With our friend yes, T. But they I had a pointless answer. We don't know what the question was, but they had a pointless answer. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I'm, They're pointless. Gonna, yeah, they did talk about it. I haven't seen it yet, though. So, And who's T? T. She's, a, she's another whaler. Oh, okay. <laughs> And right. um, she's played in, played in she, Masters. Yeah, she played um, too, for she? Masters. Not last year. She's year a comedian, so she was overseas. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah. My name's Anine Zoroka, and you are listening to Giants Woman Say. So we will see you this Friday, the 15th of March. That's my brother's birthday. Happy birthday, Fergus. Uh, 7.15. No cake. <laughs> no cake for you. <laughs> 7.15 uh, at the Canberra Oval. UNSW Canberra Oval. Emma, have you got the address? Chanside Park. Translated to Avalon Airport Oval. It's Chanside Park. It's spelt Manuka, but it's pronounced in Australian Manuka. It's Manuka Oval. Why don't they say Manuka Oval here on the app then? Because see, this is where confusing my problem happens. A little bit of compassion would have gone Manuka. It's the Honey Oval. (laughs) (laughs) UNSW. That's from Randwick. They sponsor the Oval down in Canberra. It's true, isn't it? So there you go. If you want to get confused, say it's UNSW Oval. Yeah, it's in Canberra, everyone. We'll see you there, seven fifteen. And there's one more thing left to say, and that is, here, here come, come the, the Giants. Giants.
Tracy normally does that because sometimes sometimes facts matter. Yeah. That week that both of you were away, we were we were heavy on wit and light on light on facts (laughs) and stats. I think it was that. It was good though. Is that when the pod numbers dropped? Any other way around? Can we check it out? Mum's away and the kids are mucking up. 